Anthony from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Chris and Jason. Actually, I read it. It's actually, hey, Jason and Chris, but I, I did that. I changed that around. Happy Valentine's Day. If I had Chris's address, I'd send him some podcast-appropriate shirts <laughs> along. <laughs> wow. wow, Anthony's cutting deep. Okay, all right, let's continue. I'd send him some podcast-appropriate shirts along with those always-blooming bulb flower things his wife got for him. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Anthony is a... What are those? You, did you already forget? Were you talking to Anthony? Yeah, no. You, you already forgot? Remember I, a couple weeks ago? About what? I, I, my, my bulbs that my wife got me. Look, hang on. See, look, they're starting to bloom. She got you those. Did you not see? Look, they—they're just bulbs. They bloom. You, ta- you talked about that on this show <sighs> with me. I mean, I try and establish a relationship. I didn't know if I didn't know if you had talked to Anthony outside the show or something. No, no, no. I don't talk no. about something your wife got him. Oh. No. <laughs> what'd she get you? My wife did not get him anything. My wife got me. No. Something. What'd she get you? The bulbs. What'd she get you? You were you not here? Is this the different Jason? The bulbs. I know you remember. You have a bulbs. you have a memory like an elephant, a steel trap, whatever they say. Bulbs that bloom, it's okay. Anthony, thank you so much. Mm. Yeah, no, I've been thinking a lot about the way I learn, the way I listen lately, and it's like if I care about something, I'm just the most focused person in the world. Oh, if I don't that's what it give that's. a crap at all, <laughs> it goes in one ear and out the other. So that's, maybe it was one of those times. Read so the question, much. Chris. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> From Anthony. Was that, was that his question? Or? No, that's it. I, I haven't gotten to it yet. Okay. I'm just wasting time okay, here. Sorry. What are your thoughts about search terms that come in from close variant matches, especially on smart bidding, since Google uses a bunch of signals behind the scenes that might make those searches relevant, even though on digital paper, they may seem to be not relevant. For example, ads showing on competitor search terms or more top funnel search terms from keywords that are not targeting competitors, but they're they're very top funnel. If these are driving conversions within your target cost per acquisition, would you still add them as negative? Would you segment them to control them? Do you negative match at all to not limit the performance and the potential of the campaign? Jason, what do you... What do you think? He has one more question here too, but I don't want you to blow up. He says, should I just quit Google ads yeah, altogether yeah, yeah. and become a Facebook ad buyer so that he doesn't have to worry about negative keywords? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard they're doing a lot of um, AI targeting now to yeah. get around the Apple block and yeah, it's good That's, stuff. Yeah, maybe you um, should. Anthony, maybe you should. Yeah. So, the, yeah, very, very interesting question. And the whole, the um, whole spin is on the fact yeah, that he's saying, he's saying smart bidding. Is the whole is the whole situation that it spins around here because you don't know why did this keyword get close match variant? Because if it's smart mm. bidding, maybe it knows something that you can't see in the search terms. So how do you approach that? Yeah, conversions from search terms you're not targeting, you don't really want, but they're coming in they're from coming in, yeah. your keywords because of variants, because of smart bidding. There's a few filters I go through. And then I'd, I'd be curious what you do, Chris. But first filter is kind of the filter where I look at the search term. I see that a conversion came from it. And I kind of ask myself, like, hmm, is that really a good search term? So, uh, or sorry, good conversion. So if, like you're saying, a competitor's name came in as a close variant mm-hmm. or why hire a mover, something like that, I could see how someone searching for a competitor's name or why hire a mover ended up filling out a form on a moving website I'm managing ads for and could be a good lead. 
That makes sense to me. Yeah. But if someone did uh, a search like um, moving on song lyrics and I see a conversion in there, there's no way that the smart bidding found the right person or that that person decided they needed a mover or the odds are just so low that like that search term doesn't make sense at all. So I add that yeah. search term as a negative. But the borderline stuff, the top funnel stuff, the competitor stuff, whether I'm doing smart bidding or not, if I'm focused on conversions and I'm confident in my conversions, I'm hesitant to add those borderline search terms as negatives because Google knows more about the user. Mm-hmm. And so why hire a mover? That's not going to be a keyword I would target. But if Google knows that that user has also done searches that day, movers near me and taking conversion actions on other moving company websites in the last week uh, and knows they're a re- like likely to become a conversion for us and that's why they showed us, I'm okay to leave that in there and not block it. I would say I'm more likely to leave it in there and not block it if I'm doing conversion-based bidding, smart bidding, versus like a manual bid, very kind of controlled campaign. But in both cases, I'm open to it. I'm just more open to leaving it in and mostly leave it in a lot when I'm doing the conversion-based bidding. There's another filter there, Chris, which is broad keywords. And if you're going to be running broad keywords and smart bidding, I look at negatives to block that stuff like moving on lyrics, like the totally irrelevant stuff uh, that just can't be bringing in good conversions, even if I'm seeing conversions there. But in that case, I'm really hesitant to add negatives when I'm doing broad keywords. So those are kind of my filters. Final filter is to question my conversion tracking and ask Mm. myself, what is a conversion or do I need to make my threshold for a conversion higher? So those are all my filters with the summary of, yeah, I still leave some stuff in there and I don't block these borderline search terms a lot of the time because that's kind of the name of the game these days. So how does all that sit with you? I I agree with you. Um, are, are are you out there blocking search terms? But, a lot? well, let me let me let me let me lay this out and see if this surprises you because I don't really have this problem because of the way that I approach smart bidding. So let me let me lay it out this way. I have two paths that I'm going to go down. Path number one is I'm going to give full weight to the smart bidding algorithm, and I am going to use broad match keywords. I'm going to give the system everything it wants. Take the steering wheel, take the gas pedal. All I'm going to do is pour gas into the gas tank. Google runs pretty much everything, uh, but I'm going to give it some guidance. I'm going to say, here's where I want to go. Here's what a conversion is. You get me there. And I use all the triggers that it asks for, from broad match keywords to smart bidding to all that kind of stuff. Okay, that's one path. The other path that I go down will eventually get me to smart bidding, But I don't have this problem because I always start with manual. I always start with manual bidding. And with manual bidding, when I choose a keyword, it's going to be phrase or exact. That's going to be what it is. Um, And if I want to try some broad, I'm going to do it in a very particular targeted long tail kind of way. And I'm not going to just use, you know, super broad stuff. So I don't have this problem because if I'm running a manual campaign, I'm going to block competitors if I didn't want it. I'm going to block high variant types of stuff that's completely out there. Then once this has been going for some time and I'm happy with the quality of traffic, I'm happy with the conversions, then I move it to smart bidding. 
So I don't have this. So the way I figure, either I'm going to get to the destination by going 100% smart bidding, broad keywords, don't really touch a whole lot. I only block when I have to with negative keywords, or I'm going to go manual, which then eventually might take me to smart bidding. So I know it seems like a stretch, but I don't really have this problem because of the path that I take. Well, the the key thing when you go down the path of broad keywords and smart bidding is you have to have good conversion definition. Yes. yes. Because if you're not even going to look at the search terms report, which I think is a that's a fine discipline because like who are you to add a negative keyword if right. you're doing broad keyword yeah. and smart bidding when Google knows all that about the user and if you put in your target cost per lead and a borderline search term that you maybe would want to add as a negative keyword can't perform to your cost per conversion, the system will figure that out over mm -hmm. time and stop bidding on it or stop bidding so high on it. And it will handle that for you. But the key to that is you have to have great conversion definitions and have confidence in those. So that's the key on that part. I agree with you on the manual bids very much tends to lean itself towards you're going to have clean, clean search terms anyway, because it's you're doing that kind of I say old school and I do it all the time too. So it's not a negative term because it does work a lot, but that old school approach that we did from, you know, back in the 2000 teens of like perfect search terms, controlling the bid and loving that search terms report. The one area I would say there's a gray area here and a difficult situation. These days I'm always saying industry by industry and account by account, because I've seen some industries and accounts in the, in recent years where we're doing phrase match and exact match, and we're doing manual bids, and it's an old school approach. And sometimes the phrase match keywords have a horrible cost per conversion, and we can't get there with manual bids. Yeah. Other times the exact match keywords have a horrible cost per conversion, and it's not even like a phrase or exact match thing because sometimes it's just one or the other that struggles, and we flip on conversion based bidding. And it, works and it works a lot better than manual bids, even though it's the same kind of phrase match or exact yeah. match keywords. Mm -hmm. And I've seen situations where target CPA bidding saved phrase match, and I've seen it where it saved exact match. And that's the gray area where yeah. it's a, like the spooky, weird area where you're doing the same keywords that the Google system is doing, but their bidding actually can get you the conversions and the search terms look the same, the keywords look the same, mm -hmm. cost per click looks the same, positions look the same. But it's working. But what they know about those users are yeah. able to get the conversions. Have you seen those gray area spots like that where you flip on conversion-based bidding and it all of a sudden starts working for phrase and exact? Yeah. It I <laughs> I don't talk about it much because it's it it's 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 a wonderful feeling to see it happen, but it's infuriating that it did happen. It's it's kind of the 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 secret that managers don't talk about because it's like, you know, are you still, you're not still there, Chris? I mean, this is twenty twenty three now. I mean, at this point, I mean, at some point, we got to just get over this and realize what we're dealing hurts. with here. This it thing, it, it is the black box. Yeah, but there's a skill to knowing how to manage the black box and knowing mm -hmm. all the different avenues and knowing what success looks like and knowing what's possible. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm focusing on these days. I know you are too. Yeah. Um, it. I don't think it really hurts anymore. Like, it's just good to know that that tool exists. Like, yeah. You do the same keywords, same match types, same anyway. search terms, <laughs> and their conversion <laughs> based bidding gets the job done. Yeah. yeah. Flip a switch, and which something. again shows that how important conversions are these days. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I absolutely register with you. I totally agree, and and I loved this question because it, it gets to the meat of I mean, what what Anthony's really asking about here is he wants to know how much do you try and push back against the black box, and this is such a delicate thing. It's it's very difficult to know when you're a detriment to the magical black box that can make the whole system work. Um, and when it works, it works. It works wonderfully. Let, let me ask you one more add-on question here. One thing I've been questioning myself on lately is, am I not running enough conversion-based bidding and broad match keywords? Because mm. the conversion-based smart bidding works really well these days. I see that. I see that in a lot of my accounts. And then I ask myself, hmm, should I just copy this campaign and set up the broad keyword version of this campaign and run it as long as I have confidence in my conversions? Have not been doing that much lately because we're spending the full budget on phrase and exact, whether we're doing manual or automated bids, and it's working fine. So I kind of don't not really ask myself, should I add a bunch of broad keywords? Yeah. Historically, I have not asked myself that. But going forward, I kind of feel like that's something I should always be starting out with, should be adding on. Where, where do smart bidding plus broad keywords come into play for you? Is that a standard? Are you doing it a lot? Do you feel like you should be doing it more like I do? What's going on with you with that? No, I do not do it a lot. Absolutely not. The amount of smart bidding, you know, giving Google full control and discretion on the matching and the and the bids and stuff, that's not something I do at all. It's, it's nowhere near majority. Mm -hmm. And the times that I do it, it's tough to, it's tough to explain exactly when I decide to do it, but it's usually when I have a feeling that there's something here and it's an industry that Google knows well. For example, I was working with a financial company and they wanted cost per acquisition that was about 10 times lower than what I was getting with my manual. That And you're probably looking at like position data of like 50%, yeah. 40% number one. And you're like, hey, you know, we're... Yeah. This is kind of what it takes to bid here. I'm like, I'm getting exactly what you guys do. It's 100. And they were like, no, in order to make this work, it needs to be 10 times lower. You know, I'm getting 300. Mm -hmm. You need to get 30. You need to get $15 a lead. And I'm like, no, I, there's no way. So the only way that I was able to achieve that was ditching my entire campaign, like you talked about, copy and paste, change it all to broad, smart bidding. I already had conversions. We already had pro you know proper signals in the campaign to give Google the right idea. But yeah, I mean, that was, that's the time that I did it and it worked phenomenally well. But when it doesn't work is when you pick the wrong kind of industry and you do it the wrong way. I mean, it's, that's such a, that's a, I mean, that's a great topic of when should you switch to smart bidding? You know, we could, we could do a whole discussion on that. Yeah. Industry by industry. It's, it's interesting. You mentioned that because the word industry, because that's what I'm seeing as well. Yes. Like sometimes the stuff works amazing. Yes. Sometimes the manual stuff works amazing. It's kind of, you got to take you, it. You got to have a get uh, that, count by count. That gut feeling sometimes that it's hard to explain. 